0: Hey y'all and welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Show. Um, This week we don't have any guests, it's just Casey and I kind of chatting. Me going a little more in depth with some of my story that I've touched on but haven't dived really deep into it. Um, And then Casey, if he has anything he wants to talk about. And then we had some people send in some questions and topics that we'll kind of touch on Um, and then I have a song like we used to play back in the day. I have a song that, um, kind of takes me back to my time at Renew in 2019 as I was just thinking about my past and, uh, the day on life support and just kind of reminiscing in a healthy way. Um, but, uh, thank y'all for tuning in this week, episode 57, um, for any new listeners, thank y'all for joining, um, there's two new people that, um, so they were gonna start listening today, a lady who cut my hair, um, so TJ, welcome, and then Jonathan, a guy who I was helping move today. Um, but it's a community, uh, it's not um, just my story, it's anyone who has a story, and we all have a story and struggles, and the good news is we're not alone uh, cause I thought I was alone throughout my journey and most people do, but the good news is that you're not alone. And the purpose of this podcast is just for people to, um, come on, share their stories and hope that it will resonate with someone. Um, and yeah. So Casey, it's been a while since we've had you on the one year. So welcome back just to have you on and not behind the scenes. Um, so. yep. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> yep. Um, So I just wanted to talk a little bit, um, some stuff that's come up in my life. Um, I've mentioned a little bit, um, one thing though, I met last week, um, with a guy who, um, kind of is the director and heads the Charlotte, um, chapter of truth in nature that I'm going to get involved in, uh, a girl who was at Hopeway with me, ran into her over Christmas at a volunteer thing with the Dream Center, which Jim Noble, who owns several restaurants in Charlotte, it's his nonprofit organization, but uh, ran into her there and then she reached out a couple of weeks ago asking if I wanted to get involved with uh, kind of being a big brother and um, for Boys who are coming from fatherless homes and getting out in nature. So met with uh, them last week, and uh, Bobby's his name. Going to get involved. So if anyone wants to get involved, just check out TruthInNature.org, and you can register there and all that. But it's a good good organization. Uh, it's not too big here in Charlotte yet, but it's growing. So that's one way you can get involved. And then another way, as I've mentioned, I'm going to Guyana in July. I've been filling out that uh, application, so I'm excited to do that. Uh, If you haven't yet, go check out episode 55 with uh, Jai, who lives and is from Guyana, and he is the hands and feet and is the uh, missionary down there in Guyana um, with, um, the organization who we had on last week, international celebration, you can check them out at international celebration.org, but, uh, their mission is to tell everyone down in Guyana about, um, God and, uh, what he's done for us. And so far, I think they've reached 28,000 plus um, people who have accepted Christ, um, but they're big in a prison ministry. So I'm going to go down in July, be a part of that team and share my story in the prisons, which I'm excited about. And, um, we talked a little bit about kind of, um, doing some recording down there and getting several stories kind of compiled into one episode. So not sure what that'll look like, but I'm excited to go down there, um, and do that. But real quick. Uh, I want to play this song that um, I was thinking about earlier today. I'm sure some of y'all have heard it It's called Waymaker by Leland. But um, this was kind of the first God moment I had had in 2019 um, when I was at Renew in Chattanooga. But um, for those of y'all who don't know, renew it's a um, free program there's guys and girls predominantly guys but it's in Chattanooga I guess that's the second phase the first phase is in Dunlap Tennessee where you're on the farm for six months I was on there for five days Um, I got hiccups (laughs) hiccups started in Memphis Tennessee when I was in the psych ward because They took me off a bunch of medicine, put me on new medicine, and then put me on medicine I hadn't been on in several years. And it still kind of baffles me why the halfway house program I was in didn't give them my medical records. But anyways, long story short, combustion happened, and it took a while for us to figure that out. But um, left there, good family friend picked me up and drove me from – the hospital in memphis to the farm in dunlap tennessee where i was there five days and then got kicked out because it wasn't a medical facility they said which i understand but um it pissed me off at the point at that time um and i went down graciously was accepted into the downtown program and went and they got me into a kind of private doctor and they were about to take a camera down my throat to see what was going on, but it stopped miraculously. But that Wednesday, I think it was a Wednesday when I got down to the church, um, Hunter Thomas, who is very close family friend, like older brother mentor. He was there the night that, um, April 24th, when I was on life support, he came, um, and he's going to come on and share his story at some point, but (laughs) met with him and another leader and everyone was kind of like is he really having hiccups is he lying is he trying to get out and i really did and he met me and he was like bro what can i get you and i was like give me lemons so he brought me just Mm -hmm. like a bowl of lemons and while he was kind of talking to me and figuring out my story and what i fit into the program i was just chumming on lemons Mm because the acidic helped with my stomach but that was my first interaction with hunter um and become part of our family him his wife and his three girls now but excited for him to come on and share his story because he's got a crazy story um and one that um it's evident that god kind of redeemed and restored um him and now he's you know doing wonderful things but the reason i mentioned all that is i was in the church um chapel calvary chapel and i never heard the song before and just like God kind of just came over me and you know there's still a lot more to my story I mean my story's not over none of our stories are over until the day we're called home and die but this is like I just started weeping and crying um and was thinking about that earlier today as I mentioned my story to two new people that I interacted with today and kind of was just staring at my picture of me on life support and just going back to that day and i don't remember being on life support but just all the events that led up to me getting there and it wasn't just one day you know one bender it was several that led up to that last one but um the song "Waymaker" really just stuck out to me and um was powerful in that moment and it's one of my favorite songs but i'm gonna just play that before we kind of dive into a few questions and then i share a little bit more about um that day that i got arrested kind of i've told this part of it and said i would mention the previous part and kind of go a little more into that and i feel like i'm ready to do that so i'm gonna play this song real quick and then we'll you know talk about that
1: sing this together even when I don't see it come on even when even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop come on even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop
2: working you never stop, you never stop Who you are, you are waving, in the
1: darkness Oh his name is above His name is above depression His name is above loneliness. His name is above disease. His name is above cancer. His name is above every other name.
0: All right, so again, that was Waymaker by Leland. Um, yeah, the first time I heard that was 2019 at uh, in Renew at Chattanooga and just kind of just felt the presence of the Lord, and that was the first time in a long time where I'd really felt that. Um, I mean, at that point in my story, my journey of 2019, which is a year of just bouncing around from um kind of rehabs, and once I would get kicked out of a place or, you know, it was – and ready to leave, I would end up in, you know, the psych ward, start feeling suicidal, go to another one. And I mean, kind of knew the system and how to play it, unfortunately, but also, um, I wasn't ready to get the help that I needed and really kind of dig deep and work through those underlying issues and demons that I had suppressed for so long. But so that was the first time where I just felt his presence and just began crying and didn't care what people thought of me you know because that's something that's always been kind of you know i always cared what people thought i don't now really anymore but that used to always be something um comparing myself to others and wanted people to think highly of me and think one way i mean that's why i was living that double life but um so yeah but so that song it's always just been close to me but that was when i first heard it and kind of it spoke to me um but going back to or going fast forwarding to early march of 21 after i had um just completed um my month or so at the ranch in nunley tennessee which is outside of nashville and it's a good program um so if anyone's looking for a treatment center um that is a good program they have several different houses they have a um, mental health house they have a eating kind of disorder house a sex love house and they have addiction house Um, and so you're in a house living and going to groups with people or I guess either male or female um, that are there for the same reasons as you Um, and that's where I think I mentioned before but I started really learning what acceptance was and how I couldn't change my past you know um, future isn't promise. You know, I need to prepare for it, but I need to be living in the moment. And, um, I can't, um, just dwell on the past cause it's only going to hold me back. What it, which it had. So as most of y'all know, I got arrested right after leaving the ranch. Um, in case you ask any questions you want that people, you think people might want to know about that day. Um, or if I've left anything out, um, okay. But so I was there and about 15 guys, I would say, give or take in that house at any point, the ranch. And um, you got really close with them because you're going to your groups, you're sharing um, living quarters, you know, you're cooking meals together, free time, you're watching movies, you're um, hanging out, playing basketball, football. I mean, then there was a, Creek behind the house. I didn't do this, but I'd walk down there, but a lot of guys would jump in and I was there in February, early March. (laughs) So it was cold. Um, I didn't ever jump in, but that's what some of the guys did. Um, and I mean, I'm not going to use any names. Um, but, um, I mean, I'll give a shout out to, um, David and Jaime who are two guys that, I keep up with. And I think they listen to the podcast. I don't know, but shout out to them. David was my roommate. Um, Love those guys. But so um, there's a guy there who um, he was kind of he was awesome, younger, um, early 20s. And part of me in my past never knew how to say no. I was a people pleaser and wanted to help others. And that was a downfall at times because I would help others and forget about myself. So um, there's this guy and he um, was from the Midwest and he uh, didn't have the best home life and kind of wanted a new change, start to life. And um, one night we were watching some movie, I can't remember what it was, but whatever the movie was, it triggered him. And he walked outside and I walked out and started talking to him, figuring out what was going on. And he started saying why it triggered him. And um, a lot of it was from his childhood and those childhood wounds and just growing up. He had been bullied and stuff. And, um, you know, I don't like people that are getting bullied. I like to stick up for those people. And I um, my two roommates um, were moving out and I needed two roommates. So I was like, well, how about, you know, if you want, you could come to Charlotte We can get you a job Um, and, you know, you can pay rent and kind of start a new life here in Charlotte. And I was thinking he probably would say no, but he bit at it and said yes real quick. And kind of after he said yes, like his demeanor changed in a good way. And then my anxiety kind of was like, Ooh, like, do I really know what I signed up for? Like, this would be great, but I don't know if I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Um, and told my mom and at this point i wasn't really speaking with the family like i called my mom on her birthday and their anniversary just to wish them happy anniversary happy birthday but other than that hadn't talked to them in like a month or so and she was like i don't think that's a good idea and i was like you don't know anything (laughs) that was always my attitude like i know what's best for me you don't which is bs and so a couple days go by and talking to our therapist and everyone's like this is a great idea except for the head doctor like um um psychologist there and like even the therapist really this is a great idea y'all would be great together and so i was kind of like all right this would be good but as it's getting closer i was like i just don't feel like comfortable but i just can't say no Mm -hmm. when i should have said no so we leave and it's on a saturday i can't remember the date but it's early march and um we're both getting uh, we got picked up at the house and we're taken um to the main campus and that's where my car was parked and i decided to get high in the parking lot <laughs> for our drive back
3: so what was your thought like leaving there like i'm just going to get high or was it because it was there you were like fine i really don't have a problem with with weed and you know it had been a while Yeah, I mean, it it had been a while. Definitely more. Yeah, it had been a while.
0: And prior to me going to the ranch, I was dealing weed. I was smoking two ounces a week, maybe like a large, large amount. And I was dealing and I was just not in a good space. Like, didn't tell my family until like the day of that I was going to the ranch. But some stuff had happened prior I was in a very bad headspace mentally try to get into hope ways I think I mentioned before they said no and they recommended this place um and I had had COVID right before so I was by myself was, um and on my way up I was smoking a lot of weed on my drive from Charlotte to um, Nunley and um and like we've With William Burleson, I think episode 40, we had a conversation about weed and medical and then kind of it just being social. And I have no problems with marijuana, but for me, it's just something I can't do. Like I kind of go balls to the walls (laughs) with it. Like it's, I'm waking up smoking. I'm just smoking all day. I can't just enjoy it. And then also every now and then anxiety attacks happen with me and when you're, you high it just takes your headspace to somewhere else mm-hmm. um and then if you're not sleeping right which i hadn't been in, you're on your own a lot of different medication so there's a lot of factors that were playing in to this day um but while we were there i mean a lot of people smoked weed so it was just like we were talking about all the time and i was like, i just can't wait to smoke yeah like because that was something i just always did it was like that's part of me at Caffeine. that point correct um I don't think it's healthy to smoke all day every day like I was doing, but if you can do it in moderation and I got no problem with it, you know, there's people out there who will disagree, but right now I don't smoke. I haven't smoked since Easter of last weekend. Um, and that doesn't mean I don't want to, but I just know I can't, and it's not for me. But that day, um, I was all about like, I was, couldn't wait to smoke and I just got way too high like, very quick, and that anxiety just took over me.
3: Um, And it was like, you already had underlying anxiety from bringing this guy back, so that's adding on top of it.
0: Correct, and I was on a lot of different medication, like antidepressant, anxiety, Mm -hmm. psychotic, Um, so yeah, like, a lot of underlying issues, but like you said, I was already having a lot of anxiety about bringing this guy back to Charlotte with me when I knew it wasn't the right idea. My mom and a mother's intuition, I, I, 100% a woman has a mother's intuition, like, this is not a good idea, but I knew better than her at the time. So you take all that, and I was sitting in the parking lot in my Tahoe and was just getting, just getting baked. And I had brought, like, this is me just being stupid. Like I brought all my guns with me in the truck up there. Like I didn't unpack anything. Like just everything was with me. I was still in that mindset that I had been in prior and it wasn't a healthy one. And so when I got there prior, they were like, just leave your guns in the car and just put all your ammo in the book bag or whatever. And they put it in a safe for me at the, um, main campus, um, and i'd get it the day i left well when i was leaving that's why i was sitting in the parking lot kind of just smoking chilling listening to music um him and i were just sitting there and um i was waiting on them to get my ammo well the guy who had the key to the safe wasn't around thankfully and um so i didn't get the ammo they were like we'll just um ship it to you and i like was high i didn't spray myself or anything and I walked in to the nurse's station and was asking them and she looked at me and she was like just be, be safe. Like she knew I was like I didn't try and hide it. And I'm already starting to get a little paranoid cuz I was like oh she knows like all the other issue underlying issues that we had just talked about. So start pulling out and for me it was always I don't know if anyone's ever had an anxiety attack that's listening Or if you have ever, but like for me, I just get this sharp, like it's a sensation in my chest and it's like just getting sucked in. And when that happens, I just know an anxiety attack's happening and it's like there's nothing I can do. Everything that pops in my head, I start to believe and I just run with it. So we're finally, we're pulling out of the parking lot and. Like I know, I'm having an anxiety attack. And I'm just trying to like overcome this anxiety attack because um, it had happened maybe three times prior in my course of my journey, um, but that never stopped me because I could always work through. Like after it happened, I would take some time off and then get back into smoking, and you know. But my main drug, cocaine, as I said, or the addiction, um, that never stopped um, until April twenty fourth um that morning of but so we're driving um and for me whenever I would have this anxiety attack and I was high it was always a very spiritual one. Um I don't know if anyone's ever had that, but it was always between God and Satan. And I was running towards God, but Satan was always pulling me back. And I tried was trying to get away but i couldn't and in my head i thought i was dead and in hell and that was how i was going to be living forever it was just a scary place mm-hmm. to be um we're driving and um you know like my phone um like the time would go backward just a lot of things that i just overanalyzed and in my head overplayed stuff to where i started to believe it so we um and I'm just making turns cause I'm getting just paranoid and it's just increasing the paranoia. So at, I remember at some point we're on this, I turn, make turns and I don't have any service. Like, so my GPS isn't working. So I'm like, crap, like I'm screwed. And we're on, um, some like gravel road. And you know, this is why it's hard to talk about. Cause this isn't me. And thankfully, um, he didn't press charges cause he understood that the actions and who I was in that moment's not who I truly was. But, um, I pulled over and I like, I was getting bad vibes from him. Like he's, is he Satan? Is he someone? Cause in my head it was between God and Satan. And so I, um, pull over and I get out of the car just to take some deep breaths, try and calm down and he comes over and is like, Hey, are you okay? Do you need me to drive? Like, what's going on? I'm like, No, I'm fine. I just need to calm down. Just have an anxiety attack. And then all of a sudden, I just snap. And um, so, in previously, episode 10, this kind of happened the tattoo shop when I had been asleep and um, hadn't slept in several days high and on stuff and woke up and thought I was getting mugged and tore the tattoo shop up. The similar event happened here when, um, he was consoling me. I thought he was Satan, as I said, and I just reacted and, um, yeah, I beat him up, unfortunately. And it's hard to talk about cause that's just not who I am. But I, so he ran away after that and I, um, got in my truck and I was like, I gotta go find a church if I go to a church, Satan won't want to come into the church. And all this is going on in my head, like, cause the anxiety attack, if, you know, once you kind of have a thought that you kind of run with it. So I drive, find a church, not too far up the road. And, um, I'm walking up and I think I've talked about this part, but all the doors were locked. Um, so I break in to the church and, um, so I'm like Satan won't want to come into the church, I'll be safe in there. And um eventually I come out and the cops come and um eventually take me down, and arrest me. And um the cop that day, there's two cops that have been that have stood out to me along my journey and I don't know their names, but I'll never forget them, but he stood when I was in the back seat cuz I was still having an anxiety attack. I was wanting to kick my way out of the cop car. Um, because I thought I was going to be in there the rest of my life, like that's where my headspace was. And he was standing next to me talking, um, calming me down, being like, You're going to be okay. I'm going to stand right here until other cops and everyone gets here. And then there was a lady who she still reaches out to me on Instagram. We don't have each other's numbers, but she found me somehow and checks in on me every now and then, but she was on her front porch. Um, And she has like five pit bulls. um, But she was talking to me um, through the cop car and she was on her front porch calming me down. Um, But that cop, that just really meant a lot. And then her talking to me because they knew that I wasn't in my right head. Um, So later the cop, other cops come. They're down where my Tahoe is, um, kind of at the bottom of the hill around the corner. And they go down there or I get taken down there, switched to the cop car that's transporting me. And they're like, your buddy's not pressing charges on you. And I was like, why not? Like in my head, I'm like, why not? Like I, he had to go to the hospital. Like, I know that's not who I am and those actions are not me, but I did that. Like, why is he not? And they're like, I don't know. You have a good buddy though. And for me, that just shows like God's grace and mercy on all of our lives and just how this, guy who was coming to Charlotte with me we had known each other 30-ish days in a program and he decided not to press charges Because if he had pressed charges it could have been a lengthy prison time for me and it wouldn't have been a plea deal for a lesser charge and probation it would probably have been less time than you know getting the max or whatever um and so then got taken to county and um, eventually came down and later I was able to get someone's phone number from the treatment center, call them, get his number and call him. And I wasn't expecting him to even answer or an apology or not an apology. Um, but him to forgive me because I was calling to apologize. And I called, apologized and he forgave me. That's awesome yeah and that once he forgave me like there was like just a ton of weight just taken off my shoulders because that was i mean i'd been in jail before i was ready to go to prison like yeah that wasn't scary to me or anything it was like just him saying i forgive you i understand just like that was the best present i could have gotten you know Mm -hmm. through you know along that journey um and then the second thing was um called my mom and dad they weren't answering the phone and called larbeth my sister and eventually she answered and i just started crying And i'm in jail mm-hmm. <laughs> like crying big boy over there crying you yeah. know weeping and it wasn't because i was scared or anything it was just like i knew i had effed up like yeah it wasn't no misdemeanors. Like it was some pretty serious stuff. And like, I knew that I needed to change. I didn't know how to change, but I wanted to change. And I, the Lord had me learn one more lesson to really get my stuff together. You know, a couple months later, once I got two months later, once I got out, but I was just crying to her. And I remember her saying, like, I, I know, like, like, I know you're ready to change. Like, you're sorry. Like you want to do better. But like I, I needed a wake up call that was even bigger than that to really grab my attention for me to change my ways. Um, and so, yeah, finally I got out and things were going well. Um, and, and I was looking at pictures today. I was, um, just kind of reminiscing on that day because that's something I never want to forget. Um, cause the day I forget all that's the day that I probably go back out. Um, but I got off work, went and played golf by myself and got paired up with three older guys and it was a fun golf round. Yeah. Um, but I got pretty, um, pretty toasted and then went and met up with some people and, um, you know, started smoking and then went to another place and someone pulled out a bag and I had never had any negative consequences from drugs. I mean, looking back, yeah, I did. It was, yeah. you know, just poor health, not sleeping, which sleep is a huge part of, you know, my life now. Like making sure I get eight hours of sleep and, um, saying no to some things because I know I need to get sleep because I got to prepare for the next day. And the old me was, let's have fun. We can worry about sleep later. Yeah. Um, and, um, so someone had a, you know, and those were the only negative consequences um, and missing family events and stuff. But someone pulled a bag out and never nothing bad had ever happened in my eyes. So I was like, let's do it. Let's go. And I was already f- loose and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And so I was just going the whole night because for me, as I've said, it was never just one line, one bump, one, whatever it was going until my body was shaking and I just couldn't literally do another line or whatever. So, um we bounced around, you know, from different apartments and I remember the sun coming up. I was on the phone. And that's the last thing I remember. And then by God's grace, a fire truck was passing by on the way back from a call. So no one called 911. Like I was just on the sidewalk and they happened to pass. If they hadn't passed. Who knows what, you know, I probably I wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. Um and the fire truck took me to the hospital. Got there and didn't have any identification, nothing on me. As I've said before, another god moment. One of my good buddies, Tyler, who I was just on his bachelor trip in uh, San Antonio or Bandera, um, hunting trip, which we didn't kill anything, but it was still a good time. Um, despite I having a sinus infection while down there, yeah, that's no fun. No, but I drank a lot of water, Pediolite and slept a lot, and. Um, took in some good views and good conversation, but, um, his sister was one of the entry nurses and recognized me. So another God moment, like I could have just been in the hospital on life support and woken up to no one. And yeah, who knows what that would have done with my mindset Would that have been enough. Cause I got, my mom took pictures, as I've said before, not to boast or be like, look at you, but to be like, look at you in the state and how close you were to death. Like you got coded and you were on life support. Yeah. You can't teeter that line any more than you did. Yeah. (laughs) And a month prior I gotten released from jail and was facing prison time. Yeah. And today I've felt comfortable sharing the first half of that story and kind of painting that full picture. Um, Cause so that was February, March and April for me, that three months that kind of, um, everything came to an end and a new beginning because when I woke up off life support, like I had no desires to go back to necessarily doing what I was doing before. Now, um, you know, staying up late, you know, girls, some of that stuff took a little bit of time, but the excessive partying and drugs weren't something i desired at that point um but yeah um as jack hilton said i think he was episode 52 53 maybe uh, when i was speaking down at auburn university that it was just a miracle because he had heard my story over the years and when his parents were like you need to pray for charles and for him to introduce me to his fraternity like it wasn't a prayer request that you pray a weekend, a few weekends and it's answered. It was years of praying. And, um, that's the power of prayers. Powerful. And I mean, there was glimpses and hopes throughout my journey. If you go back and listen to episode 23 with my parents, it was a roller coaster, you know, there'd be spurts where it was good. And is this going to be it? You know, is he going to be good? But then something would happen. And it was like that, train wreck and they were just waiting for it to wreck as my mom said i think but yeah so that's kind of that um story more in depth um and you know there's a little bit more to the story that i don't really want to elaborate on kind of the dirty details per se but that's the gist of the preface to um kind of the arrest and before me the final phases of correct and then you know um, but a big thing, like, and there's some of y'all are listening who you might be going through addiction, um, or you might have a loved one who's going through addiction or mental health and you're not speaking to them now, or your family's not speaking to you. Um, and that's hard because there was a few times where my parents didn't speak to me and I chose not to speak to them. But then my sister, who I think I've talked about especially, I know with Allie Dyer episode 52, I think hers was maybe 53. Her and Jack are back to back, um, but her and my sister are close, Allie Dyer. Um, and Allie and I have become um, good friends since uh, Larbeth's Christmas party that I got invited to this year. But Larbeth had to distance herself to pro- from me to protect herself because she didn't know when she was going to get that phone call. Um, And thankfully when that phone call came, I was able to, um, you know, have conversations and have changed my ways after she got that phone call. And it wasn't the last phone call that they got, but yeah, so it's tough, but some advice would be, you have to do what's best for you. And for example, as I just said, my sister had to do what was best for her. And for her, that was tough love and loving me from a distance. I mean, that's the hardest thing you're going to have to do, but At the end of the day, you got to protect yourself and do what's best for you, your health and your well-being. You can lead a camel, an animal to water, but you can't force it to drink. And that's the hardest thing because it's right there and you know what's best for them. But that person, that loved one who's struggling has to want it. If they don't want it, there's no reason. There's no purpose. You can send them to as many rehabs, treatment centers as you want, but It's not gonna do anything. It might, there might be a one-off, but that person has to want it and has to wanna make a change. And for me, God gave me that chance. He woke me up off life support because if he hadn't, or if he hadn't led me to life support, allowed that to happen, or if he hadn't woke me up, I wouldn't be here. Both of those, I would already be dead or I'd still be out there and be dying. So thankfully, He showed me grace and mercy and gave me a second chance. And if someone asked what's your perseverance, I think we'll just,
3: yeah. So let me, I've got it pulled up here. You put it out on um, Facebook and Instagram. So we had some good questions and just topics that people wanted us to talk about on the show. And so we'll go through a few of them might not be able to get to every one of them that came in. Um, but at least we'll try to highlight a few.
0: Yeah. And keep sending questions in or topics you want us to, to discuss on the show. Um, cause last week I left and went to the bachelor trip, hunting trip. And then Casey and I both been kind of sick this week. So didn't mm. get a guest on and we hadn't just sat down and chatted in a while. And I know we probably got some new listeners and wanted just to share some of the story. And I was ready to share the full story of, um, my last arrest and yeah. So if any questions, topics y'all want us to discuss throughout the podcast, shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, and the Instagram is the underscore rabbit underscore whole underscore show. So it's the rabbit hole show, all underscores after each word, um, shoot us a message on there or an email, uh, the rabbit hole show 21 at gmail.com. And then before, while he's pulling up the questions, um, everyone's got a story. We all have struggles and you're not alone. Like I thought I was alone. Hey, thought he was alone with his story. Everyone mm-hmm. thinks you're alone at some point in your journey, but you're not. And that's the purpose of this for people to come on, share their testimonies, their stories, their struggles, and also their triumphs and how they've overcome them and dealt with them. Cause my story is, might not resonate with you. Casey's story might not resonate with you. Allie Dyer's story, Jack Hilton's, everyone's story on here might not resonate with you, but there's a story that you will resonate with, or you'll be able to pull something out of someone's story, or you'll know someone who story that is shared on here that will resonate with someone in your life that you can send to or gather information and wisdom from that person to be kind of a light for that individual in your life who's going through whatever that person's shared so with the podcast we need people to come on and share their story that's kind of you know it's a community so i'm challenging y'all if you feel led to come on and share your story and sit down and just have a conversation reach out to me kc my mom um, anyone that knows me or is me uh, shoot a message text message email um, direct message on social media, but would love to have you on, sit down and share your story. Um, and no story is too small or too big. Um, everyone's got a story and every story means something. So I just want to challenge y'all to help me and Casey continue this podcast and, uh, reach out and, um, come on and share your story. And I know not everyone is at that place where they're ready to share their story, but if you are ready and, um, vulnerable um i just challenge you to reach out and uh share your story because you don't know what your story can do um to help someone and then real quick um christy buttles um was a guest on the show episode 49 i believe was her episode number but she started a podcast called real deep stuff and it's on spotify i think apple podcast um few other platforms, but real deep stuff um, by Christy Buttles. So go check her out. Um, I shared my story on her podcast, and it's kind of long, maybe two hours. Our conversation, her episodes are a little longer, but, I mean, it's real deep stuff. And then she um has had a few other guests on, but um, if you're looking for any other types of podcasts, um, m- mental health or people's stories, go check out. Um, her podcast, real deep stuff. And, um, and then Rob, who he's going to come on next week on the podcast, I believe. But, um, his podcast that he has is, um, God's glory and men's real stories. So go check that out. And I shared my story on his podcast. Um, but Robert Moore um, God's glory and men's real stories. So God's glories and men's real stories, and then real deep stuff. Go check those out. If um, you're looking for some other podcasts. So uh, I think Casey's got the, some of the questions pulled up and we'll just kind of answer those. Some might be directed towards me. Some might be a discussion, but he's going to kind of lead that.
3: All right. So the first one you kind of mentioned, um, they asked, what's your perseverance? So, you know, what do you, what do you use? your past obstacles
0: um so a big thing is i kind of talked about it a little bit um with the arrest story and kind of the uh family and um but for me in my first tattoos i've talked about i don't know what episode but on my left wrist one day at a time and it wasn't because it was drinking or addiction it's not the reason i got that tattoo got that tattoo because I was always living in the past. All the mistakes I had made just kept reliving them. And well, how's my past going to affect my future when well, my past is negative. So my future can't be bright because if my past is negative, my future's, gotta, correct, my future's got on Correct. My future is going to be negative. And so I wasn't ever being present. And if I was like if in the past, if I was sitting here with you, I'd be on my phone or in my head, we might be talking about, be thinking about something else. What was my next move? Or, you know, he's judging me, you know, it was never in the moment. So I got that tattoo in I think 2015 to try and remind me it didn't really (laughs) help then. Now it does. Um, and there might've been times where I could look down and it did, but to be present, be in the moment, like, We're never going to get this time back where we're sitting right here recording episode 57, having this discussion. Mm -hmm. So if I'm sitting here thinking about the past and how it's going to affect the future, I'm missing with this right here. Um, So that's something that keeps me going, the perseverance I have. But also, like I survived my nasty journey. I mean, like I said, my journey's not over until the day I'm called home because everyone's given a birth date and a death date and that dash in between, what are you going to do with it? You know, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. You got the free will, free choice, but you're given a death date and a birth date. I want to be able to use my story to help others. And so that's why I've chosen to go back to school, which is scary to say, because I've never enjoyed school, but I'm um, going back to school, counseling, social work, and be able to help others who are in similar situations that I've been in. And then also, yeah, I want to get married um, someday I'm single right now and it's the season I'm in, but I'm ready to start dating and I want to have a family one day. And so that's another thing that I want to, um, you know, have in my life if that's part of his plan. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't go back to my old ways because if I do, I'm never going to obtain the goals and the aspirations that I have and the relationships that I've restored. Um, so.
3: so that. Was a little bit of also um, somebody asked you know kind of what your future goals are and what you're you're up to now, um, but it kind of leads a little bit into um, another question that we got, which is pursuing the Lord's purpose without making an idol. So I kind of, I can rephrase it a little bit. Um, you know, how do you make those goals? You know, of getting married and then you know going through this first journey through school and then what it looks like? You know, find, finding a career in that after. How do you not make that the, you know, cause I think that that's something that's been put on your heart by God mm-hmm. and is your purpose or part of your purpose. You know, it's a little bit like a path that on dark street. You don't know where it's going to turn or where it goes. And that's kind of the living in the moment. You might know you're on a path, but you don't know where it ends or where you're going to end up. Um, so how in your mind, do you think, you know, and this isn't, we do might not even have an answer for it, but how are you thinking of it in a way that you're not going to make that goal, your idol, or the only thing that you have to hold on to. Whereas if you get into school you know, on this and then you end up getting pulled in a different direction or a door gets closed in a place somewhere else, how do you not let that discourage you thinking that that's your idol, your sole focus and not whatever God's heart has for you in
0: that? Um. Way? Yeah. Reading that question, I was like, well, that's a, tough question like because if it's God's purpose how can I have it as an idol but you know breaking it down like that makes more sense and I asked my mom I was like what and she goes basically what you just said so I mean every day I ask the Lord whatever your will is you know sign me up like I know it's not going to always be my way Um and a lot of it's not going to be my way it's your way and I want your way and your will not my will to be done. So I know that that's not doors are going to close, other doors are going to open. You know, cuz I've been out of work since end of September and trying to figure out what am I supposed to do? Um and that's why I got the career coach and you know, I was trying to not go back to school mm-hmm. cuz I don't like school. Yeah. But I went through all this so I have the life experience, I have the passion now I just need to get the education. So a lot of people were saying, this is what I think you're being called to do. And I kept saying, eh, I don't know if it's meant to be, it'll happen. And I kept saying that. And finally, after several, several people, um, the career coach was like, I think this is what you're called to do. And I was like, I was afraid you were going to say that, but mm-hmm. like, I kind of knew. And, I mean, all I can do is trust the Lord. I mean, I've been through so much in my life. Everyone's been through a lot, but I'm speaking for me that, I mean, there's points in my life where I was ready just to shoot myself and end my life, you know, and I'm nowhere near that now. There's some dark days I have that it's tough to get out of bed, but I know if the Lord is calling me to do something, he would have called me home that day. I would like my purpose on this earth would have been done. So like now, if I feel like the Lord is calling me to do something, sign me up. Whereas before I would have pushed against it hard. And I try with the school, as I said, Mm -hmm. because school's not for me. But if I get to school kind of to answer that question, it's a hard question to answer. Um, If I get to school and I get pulled in a different direction, I think it will once I start down this journey, because I've just finally accepted this is what I'm going to do. Now I'm getting ready to kind of start exploring, figuring out schools. Do I go full-time, part-time where to apply and, you know, taking the GRE, different stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, that's a hard question. Like it's just going to be kind of one of those things where I just kind of got to buckle up and, you know, I know the Lord's going to be with me. Um, and I don't want anything to be an idol. You know, I don't want like in the past kind of, I've, filled a void by getting on dating apps and different stuff to where finding a girl friend became an idol, I guess you could yeah. say. Cause like the Lord intends, He didn't intend for man to be alone. Yeah. But I took that upon myself to swipe right on every girl I could <laughs> or match with every girl I could to find the girl. And, and in doing so, I f- was filling a void because I didn't love myself. So I could find someone to love me. And then that's when the codependency came a big part of all the relationships. And it became an idol, I guess, because I changed who I was and conformed to whatever I thought the girl wanted so she wouldn't leave.
3: Yeah, instead of what God wanted for you.
0: Right. So that's that kind of a way else. for I guess, um, in the past, something just thinking out, you know, back that that's something that became an idol. Um And like I always had one foot in the door, one foot in the world. So one foot in the church, one foot in the world, kind of one foot in a relationship with God. And that might have been, depending on the day, it might have been 1% God, 99% in the world. But thankfully, I had two loving parents, amazing sister who, you know, um, showed me God's love and um, helped me understand that at a young age and kind of throughout my life to where I knew he was always with me. But, I mean, I tried to do it on my own. And, you know, as I just said, like, girls were an idol. be trying to find that love. And so, I don't think now going to school and different stuff would be an idol. But, um, I mean, you don't want to say ever because what if I start getting straight A's, you know? I might love, you know, yeah. something I've never obtained before. Or the idea
3: of whatever you think, that end point after you get to school, that becomes mm-hmm.
0: well, yeah. Like opening up my own um, um, counseling center or something one day, you know, that's a goal writing a book one day. A lot of people want me to write a book. So if there's any ghost writers out there, reach out, love to talk to you. Cause I don't have enough of attention span to write a book, but so there's goals, but yeah, like you said, is that all I see at the end and I'll do whatever to get there? No, I won't. I've, I've tried it myself and I see what that can do. And, having relationships and meaningful um you know just a meaningful life means more than reaching certain goals but it's not meant to be obtained but right now all i'll do is take one day at a time awesome that's a hard question no it is definitely <laughs> i don't i don't know if i answered that i or, think
3: you definitely you did at least you gave put, gave your thoughts on it and you know it was kind of part of a theme of questions there yeah um now this is probably we could do this one as Last one here. Okay. Because there's a lot of questions that came in from people talking about, you know, depression and mood disorders like and yeah. Just anxiety attacks and how do you deal with them in the moment.
0: And so, real quick before you ask that or we talk about the last question, if you we did an episode I think on depression or maybe anxiety. I can't remember. And then um Tim Boland, who I just spent a weekend with, um, in San Antonio, Bandera. Um, he, uh, was vulnerable and came on and talked about his diagnosis and kind of life with bipolar. So that's around episode 18, 19, somewhere in there. But we did one on, I know anger, I think it was either anxiety or depression, one of the two. And then Tim Bowen talked about, um, his bipolar disorder. So, um, go kind of go check those out. Um, then the later teens episodes, um, if you kind of want to hear some more of that, but, um, yeah. So what's the the last one that you, that we kind of want to end on before we? Well,
3: I was just, how do you deal with your depression or if you're having that anxiety attack or you're feeling that mood swing, how, how do you deal with that now or deal with it in the moment, in that moment, the depths that you
0: take? Um, yeah. So the old me, <laughs> I'll tell you what the old me did. And then I'll tell you kind of what I do now. Um, and obviously, each situation is different, but kind of how I like to handle it now is similar. But in the past, it was either the cold shoulder, I wouldn't talk to you, and I'd write you off, wouldn't talk to you again, or I'd fight you, or it was just all the negative stuff. Um, or I'd just bottle it up, suppress it, and it'd come out later. Um, or I'd just go out and hit the town, you know, to numb everything. Um, But I never talked about it, you know, because if I talked about it, I would seem weak. And as I've said before, I wanted guys to fear me and girls to love me. And um, I didn't want to be pushed around. So did not want to seem weak. Um, But now if there's depression, anxiety, um, even, you know, kind of anger, which is a secondary emotion, as I've talked about and kind of I like to figure out what the root causes. So why? Am I feeling depressed? That anxiety, or why am I having that anger? Kind of what is the true feeling? What is call, making me call, making me feel those ways and causing those emotions and feelings? Um, and so by doing that now, it's kind of just sitting in the moment and kind of what's going on in my life that could be causing this right now. And then once I've kind of done that and kind of have an idea of why I'm feeling that way, then do I go? And I like to talk to you. We've had a lot of conversations um, about stuff. Um, And same for me to you. Yeah. It just makes it easier, especially we have two different stories, but similar because we've dealt with symptoms, you know, exactly.
3: I would, you know, my biggest thing that would happen is just, you know, bottling up and then it comes out. Either just in, you know, a phase of just being depressed or, you know, being reckless or not caring about stuff. Like you said, trying to numb it. Yeah. So I completely understand.
0: Yeah. So, and like like I was saying earlier, everyone's story is different, but you can relate. Like we have two different journeys, but we've been on a journey with, and we've handled it in different ways. Um, And so reconnecting with you has been amazing. We're able to ha- kind of hold each other accountable, come and have those talks That might be tough, you know, in the past where i had been like, I'm not going to say anything or you're not going to say anything to me um, because we want each other both to succeed and be the best we can be. So sometimes having those tough conversations or making yourself vulnerable to, you know, me to you, like, hey, I'm struggling with this or this happened. Like, I remember something happened a couple months ago. Yeah, I was embarrassed and shamed. And, you know, some people would commit suicide over. Something like that, Uh, just shame
3: gone, gone back out and done some crazy stuff.
0: Yeah. And I didn't, and I reached out to you, my mom, a few other people. So to me, just once I make it known and go to someone I can trust and talk to, it's huge, but I'm going to wrestle with it for a little bit before I go to someone. Why did I do that? Why am I feeling this way? What can I do to get out of it? And then once I go to someone, sometimes it's not even, I don't even need your input. I just need to get it off my chest. Sometimes I do need input and want input. And that's a big thing, like, especially in relationships, like, do you want me just to listen? Do you want an opinion? Do you want help? That's a big thing to ask your spouse or even a friend, Hey, how can I help you right now? Do you want me just to listen? Do you want some input? What do you want? because especially guys I know like we like to fix things not everything needs to be fixed and sometimes people come to you and they don't even need something to be fixed they just need to get it off their chest yeah um but that's a big thing for me just going to someone I trust like you you know Tyler McNeil who's been on the show before Haynes David um other people my family especially where I can just go and talk through whatever I'm going through you know this summer the depression was well i'm not in a job i like it's not a career it's just a job i'm single you know i don't have any friends really yeah and you know it's summertime i'm just feel like i'm stuck in my house so i was able to go to my family and talk with them and hang out with them but through that i was able to restore our relationship and kind of strengthen that even um and then you and i got to do some cool stuff and hang out um yeah but,
3: I mean, and I I had a similar thing, you know, a little bit ago, and, you know, you could see I was struggling. You had to come up to me and, you know, be like, you know, that helped me really kind of confront and pull myself out, and I had conversations, like you said, with family and things like that. And, you know, another thing, too, is, like, if you've gone through, I think, a hard year or you've had a lot of stuff going on when certain time periods, which I'm sure happens for you, like, come around, those can be triggers for things, and so it's just good to now be a try to be aware of that and mentally prepare yourself for that. Mm-hmm. The old, the old feeling, of the old side, mm-hmm. trying to drag you down. And so,
0: yeah. Yeah. Cause life is life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's called life for a reason. Um, and, um, relationships are big. Um, and even if you just have one person go to that one person cause Things are not meant to be suppressed and bottled down because it's going to come out eventually. And for me, it used to come out in rage and violence and bad ways. Now I get out, take a walk, I listen to sermons, worship music, or I even, you can ask Allie Dyer, even you, in the car recently, I've been listening to classical music and Mozart and stuff. I mean, people can be cutting me off left and right, and I'm just do, 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 just driving down the road and, um, you know, but getting out, exercising. That's something that I don't do enough of. It's something I miss. I used to go play basketball all the time, work out at Iron Tribe, and I'm going to get back into it eventually. Um, but um, I every now and then I'll get out and walk, um, just fresh air um, and just those meaningful conversations and just getting it off your chest is huge. Um, so, but there's other topics I think that came in questions that we can get around to later. But, um, also if you're in the Charlotte area nearby April 27th of this year, I think that's a Thursday. I don't know the time, but it'll be morning time. I'm going to be speaking at Carmel Christian, uh, which is off highway 51 at their chapel service um so if anyone wants to come and listen to me um share my story um at the Carmel Christian um chapel service and to the students uh, feel free to come and put that on your calendar it's, again it's April 27th um would love to have you if i don't know you i would love to meet you but uh that's something that's coming up um in a few months and that'll be around the two year anniversary. It'll be like two years and two days, I think maybe. Um, but they gave me a few dates and that's the date I picked. Um, just, I thought that'd be a cool way to kind of celebrate and um, um, share my story on the two year anniversary. So just mark your calendar if you'd like to come and hear that. Um, yeah. But um next week we're going to have robert moore um god's glory and men's real stories um he's going to come on and share his story with y'all and we're just going to have a conversation and see where it goes but um this has been a good episode 57 we haven't just sat out and talked since our one year anniversary so it's been good to yeah. just kind of shoot the breeze answer some questions and um kind of go a little in depth more of, um, what happened in February, March, and April of last year. Um, again, I'm glad I went through all that cause it's made me and shaped me who I am today. I'm, you know, a 180, Um, and, um, I'm just glad that I'm here and be able to share that. And, um, if this, my story helps one person, it's better than none. So um, All right. Well, thank y'all for tuning in to episode 57 with KC and I, um, as I said before, any questions, topics, um, you want answered, or you want to come on the show, challenge anyone listening who has a story that they're ready to share, reach out. Um, let's get uh, something on the calendar so you can come and share your story. Um, several ways social media email the rabbit hole show 21 gmail.com text message whatever but um thank y'all it's an honor um to have y'all um be a part of this community um again everyone's got a story everyone's got struggles and the good news is you're not alone love y'all um subscribe share the podcast uh, trying to grow this community um not for me it's for all of us um because everyone can um gain something from everyone's stories so thank y'all and uh charles out